This is Plausibly Live. The mission of the United States Navy is to maintain, train, and equip combat-ready naval forces capable of winning wars, deterring aggression, and maintaining freedom of the seas. That's a direct quote from the Department of Defense as to why we have a United States Navy. But of course, the Navy's in the news this week for, well, doing things that are weird. Look, you have to have a mission. The Navy defined its mission years ago, but sometimes you wonder if the mission is really about maintaining freedom of the seas, being capable of winning wars. I don't particularly care for that. I mean, capable doesn't mean you will. Deterring aggression, that sort of thing. All that's great, but is that really the mission of the Navy these days? When a mission is not understood or is ill-defined, you get off mission. Now, maybe it's mission creep, maybe it's whatever, but you forget what you're doing and why you're doing it. What happens when that happens to an armed service, in this particular case, the Navy, is you end up with weird stuff happening. The United States Navy right now is building an entire class of ships that nobody has any idea what they're supposed to do. They've built 30 or 40 of these things already. And in fact, they are so poorly built, poorly designed, and have no clear mission that they're already decommissioning them. They're brand new. They're less than a decade old, some of these ships, and they're already decommissioned. You can drive down here to Bremerton, where they have the reserve fleet thing, and you can see two of these ships sitting there. They're called LCS, littoral combat ships, and they are an utter fiasco. The engines don't work. The hull is cracking. Nobody seems to know exactly what it is that they are supposed to do. And yet the Navy, even though we are decommissioning these, is still building them. That's what happens when your mission is ill-defined. When your mission doesn't become maintaining freedom of the seas, but rather funding congressional re-election campaigns through military-industrial complex donors who are building useless ships that we do not need, never did need, and probably didn't even want. And were so poorly built and so poorly designed that they are literally falling apart. The hull is literally cracking on one of the versions of these LCS ships. And yet, we keep building them because Congress keeps authorizing them 
because, of course, money. This is what happens when your mission is ill-defined. I could tell you lots of stories about missions, whether it's the military, whether it's radio, whether it's business, doesn't matter. When you don't understand your mission, you tend to get off mission and you do stupid, weird stuff that doesn't work. And then everybody stands around and goes, well, why would you do that? Right? Bud Light. I mean, I hate to go back to that well again, but Bud Light clearly got off mission. They got off their goal. They decided that maybe the goal isn't to make beer that's acceptable and cheap and keeps a significant portion of the population, it's still the best-selling beer in the country, drinking the beer. Instead, they decided to get off that mission without really thinking about it, and a fiasco has ensued in which I read yesterday that Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch, is actually compensating distributors and bars and people who sell their beer for their losses. They're actually paying them off, which I thought was pretty weird. But, hey, that's what happens when you get off mission. It ends up costing you money. Which brings us to the latest fiasco, quote-unquote, in the United States Navy, my beloved United States Navy. Now, I want to tell you a true story. This is absolutely true. This is not a sea story. This actually happened. I have photographs to prove it. And it is my understanding that there is actually a videotape of this somewhere. I do not have it. I suspect I know who has it, but I, I don't have it. So I can't show you the video. can show you some of the pictures. In the middle of Patrol 11, which was a very long patrol, it was kind of an unusual patrol, we, uh, we didn't get a break on that patrol. We didn't pull into Hawaii. We didn't do a missile. We, none of that. It was just a, went to sea, closed the hatch, came back 90 days later. Halfway through that patrol was halfway night. Now, through a long set of circumstances that you don't really need to understand, I had found myself with the collateral duty of being the MWR, Morale, Welfare, and Recreation Committee chairman. Wasn't a job I wanted. Wasn't a job I volunteered for. But that's not how collateral duties often work in the Navy. And I ended up with this. Now, I did have a good, per good really good person that I was working with. Larry. And Larry was a showman. And between the two of us, we would put together the halfway night show. This is halfway through the patrol. It's kind of a night to let everybody let their hair down a little bit, have some good food, have a good show, have some fun, laugh a lot, clap a lot, uh, throw pies at each other a lot, that sort of thing. But on USS Michigan, in the mid-1980s, the highlight of the halfway night show was what was known as the Miss Michigan Contest. Now, some boats, I understand, I was not on one of them, but I understand that some boats held their Miss, whatever the boat name was, competition via photography. In other words... 
wives, girlfriends, moms, grandmas, I suppose even daughters, of crew members would submit photographs that the crew would vote on on their halfway night to choose their miss whatever the boat name was. And sometimes these photographs would be tasteful, and sometimes they would be, well, let's just say artistic. How's that? Kind of like, kind of like Bob Guccione after he got his hands on Caligula. That's not how we did it on Michigan. We didn't, we didn't do that. We didn't ask people to display photographs of their loved ones, female loved ones, in artistic poses. We instead had what was classically known as a drag show. Now, this is something that's gone on in the Navy for a long time, folks. Rogers and Hammerstein portrayed this brilliantly in the, their famous musical South Pacific, in which Luther gets dressed up and he gets to be Honey Bun. We had this competition, and it progressively, over time, it started out pretty innocuous, a wig, some makeup, maybe a dress. But over time, it evolved because it was a competition, folks, and people don't like to lose competitions. You understand this. People like to win contests. And so over time, the contests got, the contestants got more and more creative, more and more detailed, more and more involved in their presentations. And by Patrol 11, which was my next to last patrol, things were at a nadir, the apex of things. The contestants that evening keep in mind that we are submariners and we have been underwater for roughly 40 days. The contestants that evening, and I am the miss, I am the MC for this show. I'm the one that has to introduce them. I'm the one who has to ask them the questions. If you wanted to save the world, what would you do? If you could change anything, what would it be? What is your favorite food? That sort of thing. You know, the, like they do in beauty pageants. I'm the MC. And so, as I stand in front of the crew, I can look to my left behind the door and I can then see the next contestant coming. And Larry had arranged the contestants in such a manner that the earlier contestants were the least attractive. And as each contestant came out, they became more and more attractive. Folks, we've been underwater for 40 days. Okay. So the first couple ones are, you know, silly. Then it gets a little more interesting, as they say. The chief of the boat, Bill Acord, is sitting in the front row. And ostensibly, he's supposed to kind of keep an eye on things, make sure they don't really get out of hand. But Bill's a guy, too. 
And as the contestants get more and more involved in this, we get to the final contestant. And I look to my left through the door, and I see this little guy. I don't remember his name. I think it was Eric something. And he, my friends, is what they call in the the drag queen world, passable. If you didn't know he wasn't a girl, you would have thought he was a girl. He is wearing a terry cloth bikini. And let me tell you here and now, I know this is going to sound weird to you, sorry. But holy bleeping bleep. And as I looked back to the audience, looked back to the crew, I thought to myself, this is it. This is the end of the Miss Michigan contest right here. We brought him out onto stage, and the reaction was immense. And when it finally died down, I said to the crowd, I said to this crew, somewhere out there is a Victor Three, and their sonar man is going, I do not know what this is, comrade. It sounded like Wolfwissel? Ah, this kid took down the house. The chief of the boat, Bill, his his reaction was the class. I mean, he couldn't talk. He couldn't move. He just sat there with his mouth wide open, his eyes bugging open. And it was amazing. These things have happened in the Navy since there's been a Navy, folks. Nobody said to themselves, oh, we should all dress up like women now. Nobody said that. Nobody did that. It was funny. It was interesting. And as I predicted, it was the end of the Miss Michigan contest because no one was ever going to top that. It just wasn't going to happen. This past week, the United States Navy is in the news because they hired, or actually they didn't hire, they appointed a a second-class petty officer as a digital ambassador for the United States Navy. And of course, what has everybody's tongue wagging is that in his free time, he is a drag queen. You may have seen his photograph. Dressed up as his drag character. And I am here to tell you that on a scale of one to Eric, the guy that won the Miss Michigan contest, he's maybe a four. He's not even close to what Eric looked like that night. Not even, not even in the same time zone, okay? But he is a drag queen. And so the Navy looking around and saying, hey, we're having a hard time recruiting people to get in the Navy now because the war's over, and there's another war likely to start soon that 
actually is going to involve the Navy and people are going to die, so we're having a hard time getting people to join. This guy's a drag queen. Maybe he can help. Let's make him a digital social media ambassador. And everybody, at least on the right, everybody's melting down. I suspect there are people on the left who are saying, what the hell are they doing? But they're not saying it out loud, so there you go. Let's talk about, for just a moment, the real issues here. Does hiring this guy, sorry, appointing this guy, because this is a collateral duty, much like my being the MWR chairman, wasn't something that I really wanted to do. I I have a hard time believing that this guy wanted to do this. I'm sure somebody in the Navy said, hey, you're a drag queen, right? Um, why don't you be a digital ambassador for us and recruit your fellow drag queens into the Navy? I'm sure that's how it happened. Does this... Support the mendu- support or hinder the mission. Remember that mission back there? Maintain, train, equip, combat-ready naval forces capable of winning wars, deterring aggression, question mark, and maintaining freedom of the seas. Does having a drag queen as a digital ambassador help or hinder that mission? Does it, does it improve that? I mean, the Chinese have already reacted, saying, this is absurd. Uh, What kind of weirdos are you? The second question is, does the Navy actually want more drag queens in the Navy? I mean, it's a serious question. I know it sounds silly, but but think about this. What what is the focus of a drag queen? What is somebody who sees this guy on digital media and saying, come join the Navy, be a drag queen in the Navy? You can dress up like a girl in the Navy. Does the Navy actually want this? Is the focus of a drag queen being a drag queen or being a sailor? In other words, the kinds of people that are going to be reached by this digital ambassador, are they more interested in drag queening or are they more interested in being professional sailors? I asked this question many, many years ago. When I was in the Navy, it was before Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And I used to tell my audience... Many of you have heard this already. When I was in the Navy, there were plenty of gay people in the Navy. I knew many of them. I was very good friends with them. One of them is one of the most precious people in the world to me. He is my mentor. He is amazing as a person and someone who I would trust with my life. I asked that question back then. Are you in the military and just happen to be gay, or are you busy being gay in the military? Like that clown at West Point a few years ago who went through all of that just so he could perform at graduation by deciding he was gay and that was his focus. Do you see the difference between the two questions? Are you in the military and you happen to be gay? In other words, you're a good, solid sailor airman, marine, soldier, but you just happen to be gay, or a drag queen, or are you a drag queen, a gay person in the military, who just happens to be in the military? I think the the question 
begs the difference between the two. And, and what kind of people is this going to recruit if it recruits any at all? Is it going to recruit sailors, who just happen to be drag queens? Or is it going to recruit drag queens who just on the side happen to be sailors? Maybe. Ultimately, I think this idea will be scrapped because it won't work. Now, that said, trust me on this. Somebody in the Navy will get a Navy Achievement Medal or even a Navy Commendation Medal for coming up with this idea. There will be awards aplenty given out to pat people on the back going, oh, good job. But I don't think it's going to work. I am of the opinion that anybody that he might actually manage to recruit won't actually qualify to join. There will be some issues there. Or, along the way, these folks will discover that this is very little... It's not what they... It's not going to be what they expected it to be. They're not going to be the glamorous drag queen on the bridge steering the ship. They're going to discover that it's actually work, very little drag queening. Or, as we used to say in my generation of the Navy, too much job, not enough adventure. Adventure. 